life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. And we're back. Happy New Year, 2018. Already, it's a whole new year. It's shocking. It really is. This is cool. We're in 2018. We've been looking forward to this for so long for a variety of reasons, I would say. Yes. One of them is less than a week away. We're going to be on TV. I'm glad you could join me because you are actually luxuriating and and much deserved. You decided (laughs) to take a little bit of extra time before you do your epic road trip back. So you're actually calling in to your own podcast. Isn't this weird? I'm calling into our own podcast from my phone. So that would explain the audio quality difference. Mm -hmm. But yes, here I am podcasting from Seattle, Washington, where my family lives, still on break, and then starting on my road trip, which I will explain shortly. But uh, yeah, we're we're back at it, guys. Mm -hmm. Welcome back to the podcast. We're thrilled you're with us. Hopefully you had a great Merry Christmas and a wonderful New Year and a great time off, great week off. Well, if you, even if you didn't have the week, hopefully you got somewhat of a break because Todd and I yeah. certainly did. Yeah, yeah. We've been we've been just down, you know. I know you've been working still. But I have, you for sure. You told me you took Christmas Day off, which I'm happy about. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's the crazy thing. I actually – this is how conditioned I am to working hard for the show. I actually did Unbelievable, nothing man. work-related at all. All day, Christmas Day. And come about 3 o'clock, I got really anxious. Like, shouldn't I be doing something? Shouldn't I mean, you're describing I... normality, right? You're describing what the rest of us think is Christmas Day, you, as you, you shouldn't, think, right? Literally, right, right about 3 o'clock, I was like, shouldn't I like sit down and like edit something? Shouldn't I? And, and, I, and I actually kind of had to stop myself and be like, no, no, no. Today, we're just, we're just going to not. We're just going to not. <laughs> so that was Christmas Day. And I also – I'm almost proud of myself. And you're going to think I mean for editorial reasons, but I don't. I am proud of myself because I think I've made it. I think I've survived another season. <laughs> I think I've survived another season of Christmas and haven't killed anyone over Christmas music. There was so much Christmas music in my house. I was, oh, my gosh. It was I, – I began to twitch. It was really horrific. I'm so sorry. I, I had less of the Christmas music experience, and uh, yeah, you, you probably got the overload. And oh, hopefully man. it's over with, right? I mean, I, we move back to I hope so. normal things. I hope Picking so. Picking the year off. I just, I'm, oh, I'm excited man. for this year, man. I really am. We've got so much that we've talked about. So much that have come out of the trips and, mm-hmm. I mean, upcoming stuff. And I'm just – I'm embracing the – you know how people will say, oh, my gosh, 2017's over and I can't believe it and I'm not ready for it? Mm. I'm of the opposite mindset right now. Oh, I'm yeah. very much embracing the let's get after it. I'm sure, ready sure. to rock. I, I just feel like this fresh start is upon us and I'm, I'm really excited for us. I, well, I just – I think it's going to be awesome. We've said it a million times. We are less than a week away at this point. Season two on Velocity drops this week. And I'm already having that experience that I realized I had I, – I had forgotten I had this experience last season. And that is I need to start talking about episode one, but my brain's four weeks ahead. <laughs> no kidding. I mean I, that, that episode, awesome. episode one that comes out in like four days for everyone on the planet that has Velocity, uh, that episode to me is like weeks ago. And I'm realizing, no, 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 no. we're actually about to have people see that, which I'm so excited that we're going to actually do this season, have it come out. That is coming up really soon. We actually have some really, really good sponsors of the TV season this year. Covercraft is our presenting sponsor. We're going to have some cool giveaways from them. We're working on giveaways for them, so look for that. If you wanted a cover or or a a sunshade, you might be able to get one from a giveaway from us. I'm just saying. And, Paul, (laughs) I have to to, to throw this to you. You are finally able to talk about a company you've wanted to talk about forever. 
Yes, and many of you have wondered the CPO term. It's certified Paul own, haha. But I, it's been thanks to Griot's Garage, and they are a sponsor for our upcoming television season. We can talk about them. We're thrilled. Mm-hmm. They are actually Tacoma-based, just uh, to the south of Seattle here. And uh, I first discovered them when I went to a Pebble Beach Concours back in 99. Yeah. And had subsequently gone to 12 or 13 Concours in a row. Mm-hmm. And, you and I, you and I had been a few times and uh, just had gotten onto their products and loyal user and and uh, just love what they do for the cars, and I can vouch for it. So, you know, a lot of times, you know, you start talking about a sponsor that you haven't actually had experience using. Yeah, fair, that fair. is not the case for Todd and I. And, uh, yeah, they're uh, based in the same town as my family, and uh, it just feels good to have them as a sponsor. Yeah, that'll be cool. We also have our, our friend at Auto Tempest. They're back for us as well for TV. So we're going to be talking about all of those guys a little bit more just because we're glad to have their help to allow TV to happen of course, that is going to be coming to the web. First off, it's going to come to the web in a paid capacity where you can rent it or buy it before it comes out on YouTube. And then it's going to trickle out to YouTube about one piece a month to help us feed YouTube. Uh, but as we've said before, YouTube is kind of moving away from the stuff we do. We don't want to leave YouTube completely, but clearly the places for us to grow and be are elsewhere like Hey, a podcast. So we have a car debate <laughs> exactly. coming up for Jordan. Actually, we're going to write. Uh, we're going to talk about that one, which relates directly <laughs> to your trip as well, Paul. We're going to talk about Jordan, and we also have many, many really cool questions. I, I posted for questions earlier, and then just picked up my phone a couple hours later and went, "Oh my gosh!" So no we got kidding. a lot of questions to cover. I agree, and thanks to all of you who have been sending us screenshots of your DVRs for the upcoming yes, yes. TV season. It's been nice to see that, and it's actually really interesting to see everybody's system because, of course, you all have different TV you know, boxes, and the, the mm-hmm, guide is mm-hmm. all designed differently. So keep doing that. We'd love to see it for subsequent episodes, too. So not just the first, but you know, what is the text for subsequent episodes that are coming out? It'd be kind of nice to kind of just see what is populating. And that's mm-hmm. been really nice to see. So thank you to all of you who have done that on Twitter. Yeah, you sent us yeah. photos of your televisions and, hey, I've got it scheduled, which is awesome. And again, that is 7.30 Eastern time, Saturday mornings, starting January 6th and running through March. And all the March. way through March. Is that right? All the way through March. 13 weeks straight. So when, you, when you're done watching uh, figure skating for the 18th time in <laughs> mid-February, <laughs> you can watch some cars courtesy of Everyday Driver. I'm just saying. I know it's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Okay. When they do the Summer Olympics, I swear it's all gymnastics. They do the Winter Olympics. I swear it's all figure skating. When you want to run away from either of those things, we have cars for you. I'm just, I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> well, segueing from uh, one of our television seasons is the 24 Hours of Lemons race that we participated in back oh, yeah. in August mm-hmm. up at the Ridge Motorsports Park here in Shelton, Washington. And uh, one of the drivers you'll see is Dale, who's a great friend of the show and a friend of ours. And so I had some time to hang out with him here in Seattle, as cool. well as Reese and his wife, whom we debated a car for. Mm-hmm. Reese and his wife own between them seven Porsches, including a couple of Porsche 356s from 1964. And so he took me for a ride in that. You but had the no four fun of us, at all. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So the four of us over the break up here in Seattle, we went to the shop, which is a four-month-old concept that has been apparently about three years in development. And if wow. you're interested in what I'm talking about, this is just – they say it's the Country Club for Gearheads, and it is totally that. Mm. The website is theshopclubs.com. Like I said, brand new. It's got a celebrity chef named Ethan Stoll who's doing the restaurant and bar. But this is an insane place. So imagine you walk in, mm-hmm. and it's, it's now the meeting place for anybody who's into cars up in Seattle. 
And it's a full restaurant. It's a conference area. Of course, they've got the lounge with a virtual, you know, the, uh, the simulator. And oh, then yeah. you push on you push on a panel of the big bookcase in the back. And then you walk into another room, which is, of course, the cigar smoking lounge and the gaming table and all this stuff. Keep going through the back into the shop where they teach classes on car restoration. They are then Seriously? doing that themselves, restoring. They had the engine out of an Elise in the back. And they're dropping a Honda Civic turbo engine in the back of an Elise. Hmm. And they're currently in the midst of this build. I mean, all the clamshells are off. I'm, I'm looking at the front clamshell going, huh, that's a valuable piece yes, right there. Exactly. <laughs> Standing Nobody, on its end. No one touched that. Be very careful. Be very careful <laughs> exactly. of that. Yeah. And so they're prepping this this uh, Honda Civic. I don't think it's a Type R engine, even though those crate motors are available, everyone. You can buy a Type <laughs> R engine just by itself, but they're just, I think it's an SI or some modded engine. Okay. And uh, dropping it in the back of an 06 Elise, white mm. Elise, doing all this. So then you turn to your right, and it's car storage. So it is a country okay. club where you pay a monthly fee, and you can store your car. And now think of everybody, and maybe somebody's listening, who has you know kind of run into money being in the tech world up here in Seattle from Amazon or Microsoft or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You live in a condo downtown, and you suddenly got cash to buy your dream car, and where do you park it? And this concept is now, hey, it's a climate-controlled indoor warehouse, which is now, for everybody who comes to lunch or dinner there, you can just walk through, and it's a full-on museum of mm. exotics. I mean, you name the cool stuff. I took a bunch of photos, which over time I will be posting on Instagram. Cool. And come to find out, the rapper Macklemore does keep a few of his cars back there, as well mm. as a moose-headed big Harley bike and a whole <laughs> bunch of other crazy things. Okay. <laughs> so unbelievable if you're in seattle you got to go to the shop it's a super sweet place and uh yeah have some lunch and hang out and it's we got to see the extra warehouse full of stored cars and boats and mm. just stuff it was incredible and i'm thinking man every city needs one but of course it, it's very unique for seattle because of again all the people that live in high rises and condos and you've got your sure. 800 horsepower carrera gtr whatever wow you know or um GT2, I saw a GT2. Seriously. I mean, unbelievable cars. And I'm just, you know, E500 Mercedes and just classic stuff going, mm. oh, so that's where that went. You know, that pristine condition. I saw a brand new Mercedes AMG GTR. A um, couple of Vipers. Anyway, I'll post more photos over time on Instagram. You know, when we ask for social media questions, you'll get to see a few of these cars. It's just lovely. Mm. Uh, so yeah, quick plug for those guys. And uh, I, I just love talking about stuff. I love making discoveries like this. Yeah, it's for only sure. four months old and apparently you have to have weekday reservations for lunch. Mm. It's so popular. Wow. Anyway. Well, I'm actually looking and I'm surprised because when I think Country cool. Club, I think things I could never possibly afford. It's it's just out of that. Oh, I could easily do that. Reach. It's it's actually in the. Hmm, how would I figure that out? Kind of level of, of cost. Honestly, <laughs> totally. honestly, it's at that level where it's like, hmm, should I really try to make that happen? Which is surprising. Uh, but okay, I, I mean, I'd have to live in Seattle, which I'm not going to do. So there's that as well. That's cool. <laughs> well, there's that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So we just hung out, talked cars, of course, and uh, yeah, it was just a good day off, you know, during the Christmas break to just go see this place and sure. hang out, get some gourmet food, and it was it was just ridiculous. I'm thinking this has to be replicated in every city around the world. You would think it was yeah. very it was very classic stad like though. Mm -hmm. It yeah. was very much the model of where you and I that will take you if you go on our pilgrimage trip with yeah. us yeah, yeah. in Stuttgart to Motor World and Classic Stadt. There's uh, Classic Remise in Berlin. There's all these. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like mm -hmm. America does that concept only at this grander scale with 
all this stuff in it, you know, for yeah. lounges and wow. hangout and valet services and car washing and whatever. It's it's just it's mind boggling. And you, yeah. if you're into cars, you're just going to be floored by this place. The so, only thing anyway, I wish was, all was of cool. those locations had is a track. And I realized that would, that yeah. would astronomically yeah. increase all the fees. But you, but I kind of feel like we're headed there. You know, I mean, you have your country club to yeah. go play your golf because where do you play nice golf? Well, you have to go to a country club or you go to the, the little play. And I don't know golf. I'm going to get half this wrong. But you go to the place where you can just do the walk up, okay, which isn't typically as nice. But, hey, I'm going to go pay, uh, you know, country club fees. And now it's really nice. I wonder if we're going right. to get to a place where, I mean, like Thermal Club. Or Monticello, oh, New yeah. York. Thermal in, in uh, California and Monticello in New York are what I'm talking about. They're the country club plus racetrack. I feel like that's the, the better model, but it's also the much more expensive model than this. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And uh, it's just – it's been a nice break, like I said. Cool. So um, we'll, uh, we'll move on. There's uh, another thing that's happening here, which is uh, the expedition that is yes. happening in my life. You're going to have an expedition. The tow expedition. Vehicle. Got it. Yes. <laughs> it is. So I am, uh, yeah, we're, we're doing the podcast and then tomorrow morning I take off and I'm headed back to Utah driving mm-hmm. my dad's expedition. Uh, and so he has graciously let me have this car for a very low price and, uh, he's just no longer using it and, um, about to begin this road trip. This car is huge. <laughs> Th- there's big cars. I thought my Jeep was big and oh, I, no, I, you know, I drive slow in this thing. This is true body-on-frame truck, but it does have 9,200 pounds towing capacity, which is wow. you know kind of what I was looking wow. for. Yeah, no kidding. And uh, it's just enormous, and you know terrible gas mileage and all this stuff. So I'll come back, I'll have it detailed and get it cleaned up because it's just been sitting, and mm. and I was just sort of going, there it is. Why not? But wow. yikes! Got some new Blizzax on it because of course the uh, you know don't know what I'm going to run into, and especially for the winter time in Utah. But for sure, we've got ample space in this thing. You fold all the seats down, it's, it's like a living room in New York. <laughs> it is. It's nutty. <laughs> yeah, ample doesn't begin to describe this truck. It's just yeah, you just drive differently. You know, sixty miles an hour feels fast because you're in this <laughs> towering you're in a house. Yeah, exactly. Behemoth of a truck. So anyway, that's uh, entering my life, and uh, at some point the Jeep will be up for sale here shortly, and then yeah. figure out what's next. Wow. But, uh, what's you know, next is trailer. That's what's next. Come on. Yeah. yeah I know what's next. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of one of the reasons I'm excited for 2018. Of course, you know, there's other projects and other things to throw money at, but Always, I'm yeah. slowly working my way towards it. You know, this is a step with having a tow vehicle, and it's got <laughs> 111,000 miles on it, and I figure, you know what? Huh. This thing's good for 200, no problem. Interesting. You know? Wow. Why not? Why wow. not? So, well, cool. I'm excited to see it. I, I actually, I have a, we have a neighbor here in Park City. Park City is odd because, obviously, Paul and I both live here. But because it's a resort destination town, there's a lot of people that don't live here that have houses here. And they show up now and then. And and I actually live in a neighborhood where most everybody in my neighborhood, that's their only house they live there year-round. Except for my – one of my immediate neighbors. Okay. We refer to them as Chicago because it's where they're from. (laughs) And they're in – I've lived in my house for seven years now. And I think they've been in the house next door a grand total of about three or four weeks in these seven years I've lived in my house. So, uh, but 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 Chicago, as we refer to them, has an expedition. And and they've been in town (laughs) this week. Oh, really? And so I've been watching them drive by and I keep going – 
So there it is, huh? <laughs> there it is. That's what Paul's going to be trying to figure out how to back down my drive. So really that'll be much. interesting. Yeah, that's going to be crazy. I look forward to seeing it. But we have to talk about Jordan in Virginia because he's looking for a tow vehicle, which is why I'm so glad yes. we're doing this this on the podcast. And I almost have to just defer to you. But Jordan's twist is he doesn't want a truck. He wants a tow sedan, which makes this very hard very quickly. Yeah, no kidding. Because I'm, I'm thinking, you know, tow vehicles is, you know, all in my brain right now. It's currently all I can talk about. And, and uh, you know, Red Jordan, your email here, he's uh, writing to us from Richmond, Virginia, that is a bit different, as Todd said. First of all, starting with a little bit of background about his car history, which is all Toyotas. Did you notice this? Uh, yes, I was it's aware. entirely yeah. Toyotas. I'm thinking, all right. You know, good place to start. They're excellent cars. Yeah, yeah. Maybe something different to throw in the mix might be, <laughs> Let's you know, chap. Just a smidge. Yeah. part of the recipe. So 88 Toyota MR2 Supercharge, which is his first car that he still has and still loves it. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is one of the original MR2s. I, I mean, and it's going little nowhere. tiny yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. What else? 1990 Toyota Cressida, which he fixed and then flipped. So that car sold. He also had an 86 Toyota Cressida wagon. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. taking you way back here with yeah. all these names. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, we talk about, oh, I've got another word for you, by the way. You know how I, I don't use bonanza in a sentence very often? True. The next word to use is abscond. That's a very good word. You're gonna, but you're, I don't get to use it You're all about to abscond with your dad's expedition. There, I've done it. Exactly. Yeah. Your proclivity exactly. will be massive vehicles. I can keep going. It gets frightening <laughs> really quick in my head. <laughs> what else? Uh, so he's still got his 1987 Toyota Corolla FX16 GTS street legal track toy, which is part of the recipe for having a tow vehicle, yep. so he can go track this. And then finally, his current daily is an 05 Toyota Matrix XRS. Interesting thing about this XRS. Did you notice this in the email? Yes, I did. That he's got. This is a discussion, of course. That motor that's in my Lotus Elise. The 2ZZ, that is a motor that's been in other Toyota product, including his Matrix, which is not a car you would ever think has any sort of motorsports exciting thing about it. And Jordan's kind of discovered it really doesn't. But it does share an engine (laughs) with my car. Exactly. Exactly, which I found really interesting. I mean, I thought, you know, yeah, they put this engine on a bunch of cars, but it comes to life in your car. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. apparently he's got bored with it, so his issue now is the fx16 the corolla Mm -hmm. which is real still road legal and he drove it to local autocross events but he'd like to take it to virginia international raceway dominion summit point and he doesn't want to worry about it the car breaking down hence the trailer and the tow vehicle Mm -hmm. but in his case it's going to be a tow dolly and he wants it to be a car jordan's looking for a car that weighs around or just under 2,000 pounds. Well, he's talking about the, that's what for, his... For tow rating. Well, it's got to no. be 2,500 because the, because the Corolla rate, right. weighs just under 2,000. And that's the rig right. he wants to put it on, the tow dolly, is going to weigh somewhere between four and 500 pounds, which puts us right about 2,500 pounds, which, which you think, oh, 2,500 pounds, everything tows that. But then he goes, by the way, no SUVs, sedan or wagon. This is hard. This is hard. I, yeah. I sat here for a few moments and started Google. You know what car works? You know what car works? And Google kept saying, "No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't." I found a lot of sedans. I'll give you. I'll give you one of my favorites right off the right off the bat because he'd like to have manual. He'd like to have decent to drive, but a sedan that must tow. I looked up two that jumped to mind right away. Pontiac okay. G8. Pontiac G8 Good. seems like seems like we're Good. done. It seems like let's just make that happen. Two thousand pounds. What? You're kidding pounds. me. Is, is, that's the official rating on that car is 2,000 pounds. I'm sure it can handle more, 
but a, it's that's got a, a jet ski and trailer. That's it. Yeah, it's a two thousand pound tow rating. The uh, the charger, which seems like an obvious one, depending on the charger you get, a thousand pounds. Now, I'm sorry, but a charger looks like it could tow a house. Okay, so I, 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 just not long term. I mean, I'm thinking, yeah, these cars could tow something, but not for a long term tow car. And Jordan, I'm going to interject some thoughts in here to not, uh, well, just present a differing opinion as okay. part of the debate here. Your budget is $12,000. He is stopping me very hard, limiting at 15000 mm-hmm. As Todd said, manual is required. Turbo would be nice. Reliability, very high, very high priority. And he has a disdain for FCA products. Yep. Don't apologize. No problem, even though we love alphas. I, yeah, there's <laughs> some that... I, yeah, we visited the, the Maserati showroom because... Reese knew somebody here at the Seattle okay. Ferrari dealer, okay. and so we walked in, and I'm just I'm looking at the Levante, thinking you couldn't pay me money to own this car. <laughs> Open the door, and there's my my Jeep window switch binnacle cluster in the door with some fancy chrome tips on it, some chrome fingernails. I thought, yeah. well, that's why, right there. Stop yeah. it. Anyway, so uh, yes, I understand the FCA vehicles. He has a mild aversion to European cars, so it's got to be Japanese cars. Let's hopefully get you away from Toyota. But here's my argument, Jordan, and that is, yes, you need a a car that can tow 2,500 pounds. So the things that spring to mind are all of Britain who do that car camping thing. Yes, caravanning. Their cars, the caravan thing, yes, but their cars are diesels. They have cars that are diesels readily available because there is that market, because it is such a thing. And then I also want you to think, okay, we're not just towing the car. What about the other stuff you're going to have in the car that load it down? Mm -hmm. Are you going to be bringing extra wheels and tires and a jack and tools and a tent and chairs and water and on and on and on? And that's why I'm trying to squeeze in some SUV ideas that are Japanese that could fit the bill – I wouldn't say they're fun to drive, but they're mm. going to be interesting and still good to own. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. So I want you to consider that because of the dearth of cars that we have available here in the States. I mean, caravanning just isn't a thing here. Yeah. And so we don't have diesel cars readily available to, well, uh, you know, to do the tow thing. Caravanning is, is a thing. We don't call it that. Well, but RVing. On but a the problem is, scale, right? But, we, but everybody gets an SUV. There, there right. is we'll no market for the little tiny car for little tiny British B road with a little tiny trailer behind it. <laughs> this, I hate to say it, but it, but it applies here. This is America. We don't do it that way. You know, this this is the <laughs> exactly. thing. We're going to have a, a essentially your expedition is larger than most caravanners car and caravan combined. <laughs> And I then, can't wait for you to ride then, in this thing. That expedition so typically then call, then hauls an airstream or something massive behind it that is as big as a Greyhound bus. This is how we do it in the states. Therefore, the little <laughs> exactly. tiny diesel hatches run home and stay there because they don't apply. Exactly. Exactly. So yes, I I definitely understand the transmission required, and you've named some good vehicles here, Jordan. So far that you're considering are a pre-09 Subaru Legacy GT sedan or wagon in a manual, and he's looked us up. That has a 2,700 pound tow capacity. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That's more than the G8, but it's all about <laughs> chassis and setup. <laughs> And yeah. then he's named a pre-2012 Forester in a manual, but he says the XT Turbo models are very hard to find as well, and they've also got that 2,700-pound capacity. Mm-hmm. I've got other suggestions, but you have named the cars. 
because the list after that, they'd have to be diesel to get the towing capacity. Mm. The chassis could probably handle it, but the diesels just aren't available here in the state. So you have named those cars, and I do think those would be excellent. I like that they're not Toyotas, too, and they'll be very reliable and very excellent for you. Yeah, but I do have some right. other suggestions sure. that I want to at least tie in here that would help you consider other stuff because you are going to load the car down and mm -hmm. then, you know, extra wear and tear and all that stuff. So you've got the G8, and what else did you say? Well, that's the thing. I looked up the G8 and the Charger. The G8 seemed, uh, the G8 oh, seemed right. obvious the Charger, to yeah. me, and it said 2,000 pounds. The Charger is listed at 1,000 pounds for the V6 and 2,000 for the V8. Now, that just seems Gosh. inexplicable to me because those, let's be yeah. honest, those are bigger with more robust parts than a lot of the little SUVs that people pull uh, tow small stuff with. So that, that just kind of, and look, I'm not going to pretend, I'm sure we could ask our friend Jason Finsky at Engineering Explain to explain it to me, but I'm not going to pretend to understand why something that massive as these full-size sedans can't handle something that a tiny little SUV is, is set up for. And we'll probably also get other letters. But this is the point. Both of those, those cars are underneath the available limit. So that's not going to work. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, so I'm going to start backwards here on my list because I moved to SUVs very quickly because that's easy to do when we're looking at towing. So starting out, Jordan, of course, any Toyota Highlander with a V6 will take 5,000 pounds of capacity for towing. Okay, good. And I like that it was a Toyota, even though it's a Highlander. Blah, you get my point, but it kind of keeps it in the Toyota family. Mm -hmm. Going backwards, though, I thought about what about that first generation Honda Ridgeline truck? You could easily find one for five grand mm. and you've got a pickup bed. It's it's very untraditional. And I like that. I like that truck. Actually, the new Ridgeline, the 2018 Ridgeline has a split between the cab and the bed to make it seem more truck like to American buyers. Yeah, yeah. that is the entire point. I actually liked the fact that the bodywork was smooth and it was a different concept because the size isn't a full size truck. So. Why try to make it look like a mini pickup truck? I, I didn't care, but whatever. But apparently, world, that'll sell working. better. Yeah, it's not working. Yeah. Agreed. So keep going back with Honda to an 09 or 2011 Honda Pilot. And okay. in my mind, I think these are small, but you park it next to a Tahoe. Remember that Tahoe you used to have? Oh, yeah. It's actually nearly the same size, yeah. but not inside. And those, of course, can tow about 5,000 as well. I'm also working to two more here, first of all, which is a 2010 Mazda CX-9. Mm. Even though it's an SUV, we do love the Mazdas, and that kind of started off the era of a different design. Sure, like I said, it's sure. the larger SUV, but that can take 3,500 pounds. But you know what car I think you should look at, and that is the Mitsubishi Lancer Rally Art. This really? is kind of a wagon. It does kind of fit what you're looking at in terms of the, the pre-2012 Subaru Forester. Yeah. But this, I'm having trouble confirming, Jordan, and you'll have to keep doing research about the capacity. I think it's between 2,300 and 2,700 pounds towing capacity. Really? Somewhere in there is what I'm finding, which is very surprising. And so you're going to have to confirm that for me. I, I could be wrong. I take it with a grain of salt, but I'm looking at that rally art, which is a rare car, reliable, Japanese, and it's very different. It's very unique, which I think would appeal to you, Jordan. I, I'm looking it up, too, and I'm, surprised. I'm, I'm kind of amazed. What I'm seeing, the initial – look, I'm doing a very fast pass here, but the initial thing I'm seeing is the same thing you're seeing. How on earth does that, that car possible? come out of nowhere with a decent tow rating? Isn't that what, strange? What, what weird voodoo is happening there? That's not right. That's not right Jordan, at all. 
Jordan, you got me thinking about wagons and the Legacy GT wagon. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, what else is wagony, but still inexpensive enough? You could find them for fifteen, but that's the problem. You have to find them because those rally arts were rare. I mean, you and I even saw very few of them, even while we were in LA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. Very, and I've ta- brought it up before as the the WRX equivalent in the in the Lancer lineup. I am kind of shocked. I'm on a UK towing website, and they're and they're talking about 3,500 pound towing capacity. Are they measuring this differently? Are they just deciding I'm... that whatever the manufacturer said doesn't apply? Because this this could be a fun website to dig into. I'm I also I horrified. Don't. This is what the internet does, though. I, we wind up in weird dark corners. Why on Rabbit why holes. why on earth? Seriously, seriously, where has my life gone? Why am I on a website <laughs> called UKTow.com? Seriously, there I will never have a use for this in my actual actual life and yet i am sitting here publicly on this website going thank god we don't do a questionable content podcast because the places on the internet we would wind up would be horrifying so yeah that's that's the crazy stuff that happens right here what series of events led my life to this moment looking at that website right now? I, I don't get it. I hear we're you. talking about Lancer Rally Arts, and here we are. So, Jordan, Jordan you, I think you should consider those. You've just about stumped us here because this is a really, really odd request. I see the request. I get it. But at the same time, you start to say, let's tow with a sedan or wagon in this country. Clearly, UKTow.com will solve it. But in this country, <laughs> exactly. and it's baffling. So that is a very cool car debate to, to just kind of wrap my brain. I'm going to be think, I'm gonna be up tonight thinking about this. I know I am because I feel like I've this not is, done – This is weird. Because there's something... then you think of a car like you did, and then you look it up, and it's it'll tow a feather on a trailer. You there's think, something really? obvious that I've missed, and 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 I'm sure there are those of you yelling at the podcast that will write us, and we'll we'll update. That's fine. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. but there's, I think there's something obvious I've missed here, and I just am overlooking it. But Jordan, thanks for writing in. We will be right back with many many questions. Hey all, let's talk a little bit about Amsoil. You know why we like Amsoil so much? Because they're a bunch of car people. They're gearheads. They're into all kinds of motorsports and power sports, and they get it. You know, recently, Amsoil created a guide containing information about how to increase horsepower in your vehicle. It's got insider tips from some of the best in the business on how to coax more power out of your engine. You can get your free copy at amsoil.com driver. That's right. There's a code connected to this show, amsoil.com driver. While you're there, you can find out about all of Amsoil's products. Remember, they've got their Amsoil Signature Series Synthetic Motor Oil. says it delivers 75% more engine protection against horsepower loss than what's required. Now, I'm not a guy that tests these things, but these tests exist, and that's the stat. Remember, go to amsoil.com driver to get your free insider's guide to increasing horsepower. You can do that right now. Hi, I'm Daniel Rue, host of Real GM Radio, where every week I go in-depth on NBA basketball through conversations with some of the brightest basketball minds out there, including Kevin Pelton, Nate Duncan, Chris Herring, Tim Bontemps, and team experts from all around the league. We try to separate the truth from the noise for players, teams, and NBA draft prospects alike with a focus on the basketball itself. If you want to know what is coming next in the NBA and why, there's no better place to turn than the weekly episodes of Real GM Radio. You can find us exclusively at podcastonesports.com or the new Podcast One app. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However, when an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. 
Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life. We're back, and I have various social media outlets in front of me right now on the computer, and I'm realizing, wow. When we ask for questions, you guys <laughs> yeah. take us seriously. I love that. Thank you, by the way. Many of you have responded to us being on Spike Verison's podcast, Adam Carolla's podcast. Those are both very cool experiences, very different experiences. I'm hoping that a lot of new people find us as a result based on the iTunes ratings. It looks like they have. But that brings me to this point. Your ratings and reviews do help this podcast when people start going, who are these guys? And looking it up, they're reading your ratings and reviews. And that's helping more Absolutely. people decide to find the podcast. And actually, over this break, again, I only didn't work Christmas Day. Over the break, while reading other emails and stuff that people <laughs> writing in about, hey, I'm listening to the podcast, and people are telling us, you're, you're telling us your stories, how you found the podcast. So many of them are, I was shopping for a car, I was looking for a podcast that related, and I found yours because it's in the top 10. You guys rating, make that happen. Thank you. And you're bombarding us with questions. It's a good thing we asked because there's some great ones here. Yeah, no kidding. This is excellent. Well, there's two questions on Instagram that I do want to address here that I think are great for longer term debate ideas because we could spend okay. easily almost an hour debating both of these. First of all, is from Ariopolis. He's asked us before, and thank you so much for writing in. And I, I do want to talk, touch on these, but we could really, yeah, we could eat up half an hour just talking about the specific follow ups to the icons versus the cars they've have inspired. And you've mm. got a great list here of, you know, the Jaguar E type versus a Miata, that kind of that recipe, the design mm -hmm. recipe. And actually what you're talking about, Ariopolis, is the packaging. Because you've got a, a great example in here, an AMG hammer wagon versus an STI wagon. So I see what you're doing. Mm, you're okay. you're looking at, at okay. the architecture of a car that spawned the, you know, the the cars that they inspire down the road when car designers go back and think that was a great car is either too expensive or, you know, mm -hmm. something blah, blah, blah was wrong with it. But what we're doing, we could make this, you know, as a new design brief, a new market brief, you know, the, the BMW E30 versus the new GT86. Hmm. It's okay. the modern day reincarnation of the things we love. Yeah, in some ways. Rear wheel yeah. drive, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I think we could spend a lot of time we on could. this. Yeah. I just I think it would be good for part, you know, to introduce it as at the beginning of a debate, uh, which would be interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, I see that. I see that. Yeah. What else? Uh, Indianapolis Mets is uh, talking about going through the alphabet to choose one car by model name for each letter in the alphabet. What would it be? Money, no object. And he says, yes, break this up into a few podcasts. I, I agree. <laughs> I read that question and my brain just hurt for a minute. I was, oh, <laughs> exactly. ouch, ouch. That's Excellent not, question, no. though. It's very cool. No, it's great. It's great. It's really good. I mean, we could, you know, M. What are we going to do for M? Clarins, <laughs> Minis? We could talk all day about that. I <laughs> love all it. all over the place. X is going to be really difficult because I don't really want to list the Xterra. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but stay, staying on IG for a second, E-Rock Tampa said, guys, have you ever thought about doing YouTube live podcasts? Yes and no. Uh, there's the thing. We, mm -hmm. we really thought about doing a video var variation of our podcast, and I've looked into it a lot. And I'm a guy that I actually listened to quite a few podcasts. And I, this is my take, and, and feel free to disagree with me. This is my take. I think that podcasts are at their best when they're trying to just be audio. And I say that mm. because when I listen to podcasts that have a video element, it's really easy for the people on the podcast to start talking about the thing that I, as a listener only, can't see. I'm, I listen to podcasts in the car. I will never be watching the video because I, I consume them in the car. So if you can't see what they're talking about, that's really problematic. Now, Paul and I touch on stuff all the time, this design thing, that design thing. We try not to linger too long because we know you're listening. Or if you are just listening and we need, really need to dig into right. it, we need to describe it well. Because I think about how I consume these things. 
And I feel like when podcasts have got a video element, not always, but they often have, have a situation where I don't feel like they're as good for the listener only. Because now they're, they're yeah. talking as if you can see what they're talking about. And I can't. So right. we've been less It's painting prone. a visual picture is what we're doing differently we're trying. than we do we're trying. on videos and television. Because when we talk about a thing in a review in a car, you can immediately cut to that thing and show everybody. Absolutely. And then you have that whole extra element of information. But that isn't uh, – the other thing I found, and I, and I found this by digging around a little bit, a lot of the podcasts, at least in my research, that, that have big audio audiences, they have tiny percentages of that audience that take it in on video. So mm-hmm. I sit here and go, yeah. I kind of want to play to the audience that's a larger audience. This may change. But the other thing about it is Paul and I are a little bit obsessed with – uh, what if something questionable happens live <laughs> because we are trying to make a family <laughs> podcast? So the yes. live element is a little terrifying in that regard, I will be honest. But uh, <laughs> that's the other reason we don't do a live stream. But I, cause, And I also don't feel like that maybe I'm wrong here. I don't feel like unless we have some visuals in the background showing you actual clips, which perpetuates the problem, I don't feel like just looking at Paul and I sitting here talking is is engaging. Maybe I'm missing something. But uh, I, I, I want to create it for an audio environment because that's the way I consume podcasts. Maybe I'm lost in the woods, but that's my thought. I would say if there's a special guest or a particular event, maybe we're doing it from an event. Oh, sure. And it yeah, would yeah. be interesting to see and therefore, hey, we're live at such and such event yeah, yeah, that yeah. you would want to see that, hey, I'm going to go back. Hey, I'm listening to it. But, man, I want to go back and find that on YouTube or wherever oh, it's sure. posted. That could be a thing. So I would say we'll put it in the maybe category, but mm, a special mm. maybe because if there's a special guest that, you know, hey, we're all interacting and laughing and doing a thing, making funny faces, whatever. Or, like I said, we're at some car show, racetrack event, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. something special that, hey, the, these cars came through town. you got to see this cool thing. Yeah. Okay, we fair. might consider that. And I, I, So I'll just leave it in that category. But yeah. otherwise, Todd's got excellent points. You, you were saying, yeah, just it's, uh, it's an audio medium that I continue to marvel at, named after a hardware technology that no longer exists or is sold. Good point. The Apple iPod started it all, yeah, yeah. and nobody has an iPod. Well, not nobody, but you know what I mean. But you're right. We can all listen to on our phones, mm-hmm. MP3s on our phones, and you know apps. I yep. mean, and they're still <laughs> called podcasts. It's a great point. Excellent point. I'm still marveling at that. And the save button in Microsoft Word is a 3.5-inch floppy disk. Yeah, there what is that, What on too. earth? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Welcome anyway, to that. Yeah, and, and yeah, anyway. It's it a separate on. podcast about <laughs> why is it like this? Why are these things like this? That's the new podcast we should <laughs> – That's a little horrifying, yes. <laughs> the podcast is called Why Is This Stupid? And then we explain, or we try to, and, and hosted by so these two So funny. <laughs> anyway, uh, Drew wrote in on Facebook. Always some really good questions from Drew. He said, okay, okay. The line between hatches, crossovers, and wagons is blurring more and more and more and more. Which is it? We, we, I ranted the last podcast talking about cars of the year. I ranted about the fact that the GLA, AMG a GLA 45 is a great car, but the problem is it's being shopped as an SUV and it isn't. So he's asking the question, what is the separation between these vehicle styles, wagons, crossovers, and, uh, and hatches? And I'm going to say, Drew, the, the dividing line is ride height and seating position. Yeah, definitely. The, the main thing that defines a crossover nine times out of ten is you are sitting higher up off the road. That is the selling point. That's why they're selling better than cars because we have 
kind of hook, line, and sinker, especially in the U.S., bought this impression that a higher seating position makes me safer. So everybody got bigger cars, which means it's, it's now a power war. It's who can have the, the best seating position. We're going to start all jacking up our cars. Remember that world in the 80s when people just <laughs> oh randomly jacked up trucks? We're going to be back there. And I'm going to be in a Lotus Elise just weaving through people's suspension heights. It's going to be crazy. So anyway, but that's the thing. I think it all comes down to ride height, the thing that separates a Mazda 3 from the CX-5, yes, they're different bodies, is mostly ride height and seating position. Yeah, I agree. And um, I ran into uh, two cars in the Seattle shop being stored by uh, apparently a younger couple who own a perfect DeLorean and a perfect black 1984 Toyota truck that's lifted I mean, totally Marty McFly's truck. I love it. Parked in there, and I'm I'm going. All right, of course these are owned by the same people. And they have the Back to the Future car pack. Yes, they do. That's insane. That is insane. And you know they are laughing like crazy at the fact that that exists. The Back to the Future car pack. That's (laughs) honestly that's what you rolled a Radwood in. Is both of those? Yes. One of them is one of them is fine. Somebody else brought one. Both of them. Now you're a baller. Totally. Well, I'm sticking to Instagram over here, and Nico Meagers and S2KVO, both of their questions. First of all, Nico's question is, what are your expectations for the Detroit Auto Show coming up? And then S2KVO is asking, what car are you guys looking forward to the most in 2018? I will answer these together to both of you, and that is Ford and GM, and I guess any car company that has kind of poo-pooed the whole electric car Mm-hmm. I think those guys have realized how hard they're being kicked in the teeth by Tesla. And they're starting to introduce models that are real, like Chevy mm-hmm. with the Bolt. Mm-hmm. That is a sure. real car yeah. that yeah, impressed yeah. the socks off of Todd and I. We love that car, and our, that's going to be part of <clears throat> Season 3. But uh, we, I just, I'm expecting more from Ford. They have been so whatever about electric cars. We'll just mm-hmm. kind of give you an electric Ford Escape over here and a electric fusion and whatever and we'll just it's the afterthought it's the because we have to sure kind of sure, car sure. i want them to start leading i want surprises like the new ford gt from last year surprised the daylights out of everyone you went sure. where yeah, yeah, did yeah. this car come from people at ford didn't even know about the project it was so secret <laughs> i want that stuff nico i want to be surprised and very pleasantly encouraged by the amount of R&D that companies are now putting into instead of kicking back and counting their money from all their truck sales in America. That's what I want. That's my expectation. And along those lines, there's many electric cars that, of course, we'd love to drive, but uh, mm. the the Sport Turismo, the e-hybrid from uh, Panamera, from Porsche. Mm, but there's wow. a number of stuff just... You know, I want to I want to start discovering where the intersection of our enthusiasm and our enthusiastic driving intersects with electric cars because there is no more manual transmission. I want to start finding what is hmm. that like? Where is that going and starting to explore that in 2018? That's what I'm thinking. Wow, that's very forward thinking. Uh, I, actually, as I pondered, I hadn't noted this one, but now I'm kind of letting it roll around in my brain. And I have come up with one. You know what I really want in 2018? I want definitive like, I want to see it or, or hear it's killed. I want definitive <laughs> yes or no on the mid-engine Corvette. Oh, good either, one. Either show it to me, like show it to me, or let it die. Let, let the whole rumor mill die, okay? This yeah. past week there was a, oh, we've got pictures of the CAD design of the patent for the mid-engine. Stop it, okay? There have been teases of this car <laughs> for 20 years. So totally. let's either, let's yeah. be, I want to see one rolling, no camo, in 2018, 
or let's just move on to something else. And, I, and I'm praying it's a real thing because we talked about before how I think Corvette needs to do that. But let's just let's make this happen. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. No, agree. That's that's an excellent one. I mean, among many, and there's going to be other surprises too. The uh, Kia Stinger is definitely something. Uh, yeah, short list. Uh, we're starting to see sure. around Seattle and uh, other places. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely want to start uh, getting into new stuff. And we've got many comparisons to start planning. I mean, now in January is the time to start doing this. But uh, but yeah, yeah, we're looking forward to to new cool stuff. And Detroit needs to bring the noise. Do they not? You would hope they just so. Need to bring the cool stuff. Well, but, but Detroit is is the auto show where the American automakers typically throw down. If they're gonna, if they're going to do their big surprise, True. it's Detroit, and that's so that'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, ben Davis wrote in about the thing we say about German cars a lot, which is if you have a German car, you can go high miles. Just make sure you keep up on your maintenance. He's kind of asking for clarification on that. He recently bought an 06 BMW 330i, and he's almost had it a year, and he's got a little over 100,000 miles, and he's going, what do you guys mean here? Let me, let me try to clarify, Benjamin. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've said this before about a car like a Honda Accord, okay? Great car and runs in spite of you, not because of you. I have known Honda Accord owners who, not because they've got some amazing oil that lasts forever, they just got normal dino juice in their car, and they went, oh, should I change it? It's been like 10,000 miles. Mm-hmm. And the Accord just runs. It just runs. Your BMW yep. will not. And the other the other example that I use it's the different and I'm not I'm not trying to insult any car maker when I say this uh, but I'm just going to stay with Honda and BMW. Honda is the plow horse. BMW is the thoroughbred. Mm, good. The, the plow horse like is very usable. It does all kinds of things. It, it's it's a wonderful animal. There's nothing wrong with it, and it just it's sturdy and and low maintenance. Okay, the thoroughbred does its excellent skills really, really well, but it requires a lot of upkeep. And it's finicky, and it might not work well today and run as fast as you want it to because you didn't fill in the blank. This is German cars. So Mm -hmm, when they need something, do that thing, and then they'll keep treating you well. Porsches do better typically than the rest of the German cars, and I'm not even the Porsche guy. They just typically have a tendency to not have weird gremlins like a lot of the other German automakers sometimes do. But in general, if you have one and it needs something, don't be a guy that's like, well, I'll get that when the next thing pops up. No, no, no. Please do that now. <laughs> exactly. Well, a uh, couple of questions here. One cold iron on Instagram has said, after listening to you for a couple of years, I am much better at thinking about what I need in a car and what I actually do with it. What is a car ownership mistake that you've made? Mm. I like this question, and I'm glad, cold iron, that you are thinking better. And that's it's, cool. uh, yeah. for Todd and I, it's been many years of doing this uh as noted and uh you know sort of iron sharpening iron the discussions and the things in our head bouncing off each other and and honing and refining and constantly dissecting what we read and what we drive and you know the things that we produce and the the you know revelations that we come away with in Mm. driving particular cars and so i will say i'm thrilled to hear this i i feel like everybody listening you can use us as that you know that friend to bounce ideas off of even though it's not a three-way conversation but i'm glad to hear that i'm glad we're getting you thinking differently because that's certainly been over the years that's where we've gotten we've just we think differently now we approach things differently with a a different mindset than a salesperson at a car dealer would Mm. or you know anything like that and so it's it's fun to to continue to dive into that and to keep sharpening and to keep finding those 
juicy details. Uh, but back to your ownership mistake, it's, uh, I wouldn't say any mistakes. It's just mistaken selling. And that's the Porsche 928 that I had, but oh, it needed engine mounts sure. that I yeah. couldn't afford. Yeah. Even though I heard that Ford F-150 truck engine mounts would suffice in the 928 <laughs> for a lot less money that I found out later and went, you got to be kidding me because wow. the Porsche part were, it was like two grand from engine mounts of in this car. Because you know how they settle and the, the cars, you know, it starts to produce problems if it's mm. not properly suspended and all this and that and i couldn't afford it at the time and uh yeah so i would say a mistake in selling i love that car but i i don't really have a car well i guess uh i guess the jeep but that's just because the new car teething problems i suppose but yeah. you know i expected better um anyway that's I'm, uh that's kind of mine say the audi 90 that i owned which at the time i was thinking of yeah that. i hate to say it at the time i owned it we needed a car the price was right we bought it from somebody that we knew so we knew that they'd taken care of it and they had really liked it but and here's the thing it was the first small european front-wheel drive car i'd ever owned so that was somewhat revelatory that was before we were doing the show and i enjoyed just learning those dynamics and thoroughly enjoying that part of the car the problem was there was always something Always. Mm, there was just, yeah, and, and a lot yeah. of it was little tiny stuff that counter to what I just said about German car maintenance, I did ignore because we couldn't afford to constantly fix something on this car. And so, right. and, and so it became one of those cars where like, no, 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 don't open that door unless you do. It became one of those cars <laughs> right away. I got to reach across and seriously thing and dance around the campfire three times. And so yeah, while I did enjoy the dynamics of it, it was just one of those cars where it, it had so many little things in such a short period of time. We only had that car like six months because it was just like, I'm sorry, but I, I can't do another wow. little whatever. Was it that short? I thought I felt like you had it for at least a year. But it, it, if I it was a year, not. it was a year at the high side. If memory serves, it was maybe I was <laughs> wanting to sell it six months in. But, Blocked it out of your memory. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Wow. Uh, let's see. Mark has written in a few questions. He, he Mark, I kind of feel like defines himself as a reluctant enthusiast or a surprise enthusiast. I'm not sure which. Uh, Mark, you're talking about as a newish enthusiast who can't drive a manual. You're asking a question as a result of non, not driving a manual. How on earth does cruise control and manual transmission not kill each other? This is essentially your question. <laughs> how, how do both work? Because clearly when you're driving an automatic and you put it on a cruise control, I'll give you a great example. Our GMC Acadia that we had was actually fairly smart with its cruise control. When you, There's a big hill between Park City and Salt Lake. There's a big ridge to go over. And so you do all kinds of hills and gear changes, and there's better gears to be in and blah. The Acadia, if you put it at cruise control, whatever your cruise control speed was, it would kick down a couple gears to climb the hill. And then when it right. got over the cruise control setting you had on the downhill, it would kick down to engine brake itself. Which was pretty cool. Yeah. I was pleased yeah. that it was that smart on a, on a car like that. So he's asking the question, obviously, with a manual transmission, the car can't do that. What do you do? Here's the thing you do. You shift. But here, here's the, here's the thing <laughs> that happens most of the time is you have cruise control set. Uh, and I'm not going to say this is universal, even though I think it is. But it, in my experience, it's been across the board. If you have cruise control set and you need to downshift, the minute you hit the clutch, cruise control goes off automatically. And then right. as soon as you get into the new right. gear, you hit reset and you're back. So it, it, you're interrupting the cruise control for the gear shift, and you're right back to it. You could also cancel yourself, then do the shift, then reset it again. So it's all about the cancel reset thing. Uh, but what's nice is as soon as, you get to, as soon as you touch that clutch, cruise control cancels itself and waits for you to reset it once you're in a, the proper gear. Mm, yeah, that's excellent. Well, Shane on, on Facebook here is asking Good. about Glad you did summer this trip. He is uh, currently in planning stages for a fly into Phoenix and road trip up to Portland kind of trip. 
His route is still to be determined, and I'm guessing you'll probably everybody wants to take the coast, of course. But you're welcome to cruise through Salt Lake if you want to say yeah, hi yeah. and have lunch. Love to see you. <laughs> his wife, <laughs> three kids, and his dad. Mm-hmm. And he's asking for rental recommendations that might be ever so slightly enjoyable to drive, but just it's not the people, it's all the stuff as well. well but so you could on. get, you know, small car with a big trailer. This is this is six people and three of them are in car seats. <laughs> This is insane. Yeah, that does sound like a fun trip, but you've got to be in the right car. And I will ask you, Shane, what is your budget? Because depending on the rental agency, mm-hmm. the bigger ones have these nicer rental fleets. Like Enterprise has their exotic collection. And sure, Avis sure. now does you know, a, a higher-end collection. And Hertz has done a high-end collection for a long time. And those are the cars that they have on display when you walk out of the elevator at the airport. And they've yeah. got all the hot cars. You know, you think, oh, I'm getting the Corvette. Nope, you've got the Corolla. Here you go. Here's your key. Well, Bye-bye now. When, when you rent a, a Toyota Corolla or similar those cars are never the or similar, ever. Exactly. Never right. happens. Yeah. Right. So I will say, if you've got a budget or you're willing to budget more to bump up to the class of, hey, we're out of the normal people cars and into the, <laughs> you're paying a lot more for them, but hey, it might be that much more enjoyable. And who cares if you beat on the high-end Mercedes SUV because it's a rental car. Sure. But the sure. best thing, I'm what Turo needs to do is the one-way thing, but I don't know how you'd ever do that because, of course the owner needs to stay in the city where they own the car. Yeah, but agreed. what if there were like a long distance Turo thing? They either need to add that feature or somebody needs to design that app mm-hmm. for the one way cars because that is actually an issue. People want the sure, just yeah. the single distance cars. Now, Shane, you don't say if you're coming back to Phoenix for the round trip ticket. I don't know that, but it doesn't say that. So True. it does sound like the one way thing. And I'm, I don't know if those car rental companies will do the high end cars on a one-way type of thing. Yeah. Usually the one-ways are like the, you know, the jalopy, the, the, the car stuff. that everybody yeah. rejected yeah, yeah. and you don't want it and who cares if something happens to it and we don't want that. We'll send it back the other direction one way. Wow, we don't want that. Let's send it <laughs> one way that way, you know. Yeah. It's yeah, usually yeah. those kind of cars, which is the problem. But possibly. So I would say Budget, Avis, Hertz, all those guys, they've got a great high-end collection. You're probably going to want an SUV, but hey, go for something nice. You're going to just enjoy yourself with all the tech, the modernity, the luxury. Everything will work perfectly. It's not just the typical... Here you go. Here's your cloth SUV, you know. Yeah, I mean, that, that would be my suggestion. I hate to say it, Shane. I like that. I hate to say it. But the problem that you have is six people, three in car seats, which means there right. will be hordes of other things that are hauled <laughs> to assist the kids. I mean, I, I, I'm envisioning this right now. What you need is a lot of people space and a lot of hauling space because there is nothing worse than that group and everybody's cramped. That's terrible. So as much <laughs> exactly. as I as much as I want to put you in the, you know what I've got? I've got a really cool recommendation. I'm sorry, but rent a nice minivan. I'm, I'm, I know who is speaking. I know you think I've lost my mind. But honestly, because what you're going to want is, in that scenario, comfort. And I'm going to go back to our film, mid Inches of Mountains. When we shot that, we had a Honda uh, Odyssey minivan with us that never had more than two bodies in it ever the entire trip. And it was gear. But yet anybody that rode that, it was just... It was it was the forget about whatever else is going on. That was a stressful <laughs> exactly. shoot. That was the forget about that was the, the, the echo chamber for just give me a minute. You know what I mean? So Right, right. As much as I don't want to put you in a minivan for a cross country trip, there is a usability factor here for what you're hauling that makes it kind of the front runner. I did have a budget no option, uh, budget no no problem option here. Okay, good. That I'm gonna throw out because the, again, the problem you have is where's the fun car for six people plus 
lots of stuff. There isn't one, okay? <laughs> there isn't one. It, it's a small aircraft, Shane, is really what it is. No, but um, exactly. But but I think there is an answer here. But the problem is, how do you work the what Paul's saying? How do you work the Turo angle or the high end rental angle? And that is, get a Tesla Model S or Model X. Mm, I don't know who rents those. I genuinely don't know who rents those. I, I mean, you can get them off of Turo, but then you have the one-way problem. I mean, if we're really talking budget, no option, you drive it from Phoenix to Portland, and then you pay Ooh. a transport company to drive it back. Oh, my gosh. If That's we're really talking budget, no option, because here's – or no object. Here, here's the thing. The Model S and Model X – they're going to be engaging and fun to drive because they are so different from what you've experienced to this point. And they will take True. all that stuff. Now, you say your route is to be determined. I've now determined your route because it's going to be all about where there are superchargers. Luckily, there are a lot of them. But your route is not going to be random back road with no supercharger because you need one. But I think if you can figure out a way to rent a Model S or a Model X, the experience is going to be so different, and they're going to haul, uh, haul so much just stuff that you're going to enjoy that. I mean, look, just the experience of I'm actually doing autopilot in the middle of nowhere. Mm. Yeah, that's going to make that interesting in a way that a normal car won't be. So that's my money no object you really want to throw down, but it could be cool. <laughs> and if you need space, I will shill for Ford Expeditions from 2012. <laughs> They're huge. Yeah. You have no idea how big these cars are. They're just enormous. Anyway, but you got to have heated seats at every seat and, you know, whatever. Anyway, maybe not in Phoenix. <laughs> not in Phoenix. Yeah, certainly not, not in the summer in Portland either, for that matter. But moving on. <laughs> Jose P. is asking, will there be a car debate for the tow trailer? And I will say, Jose, I'm open. I'm open to suggestions. <laughs> I, we'll just we'll leave it there. You know, summer's coming. Track days are coming. But uh We've got some skiing to do, don't we? Hopefully. We've got to get some snow first. But, yeah, I am gonna. I, I am determined to take the Mini to the ski hill uh, this, this winter just because I like the idea of being the smallest car in the parking lot and still pulling out my <laughs> enormous skis that are like billboard planks and going, yep, I'm going skiing. <laughs> totally. I st- exactly. I, I, and, I, and I refuse to make this work. I refuse to do the roof rack, by the way. It, the skis will be in the car. I realize they will nice. be from the back hatch to the to the glove box. But I just like the idea of, yes, I did park next to you in your enormous seven-seat SUV with one little person getting out of it. I'm here, big guy in my Mini. By the way, have you seen my skis? I do want to be that guy, yes. <laughs> you could turn your Mini into a little tiny panel van, you know, with the ski equipment. And I treat it that way. So it's, just, it's, it's so funny. It kind of is already. So, with yeah, the backseat delete, here. it is. It is for sure. <laughs> we want to thank you guys again for listening. Thank you so much for engaging with the podcast. We appreciate all these questions. There's many, many more, but we're going to call it here for the evening. Uh, happy, happy new year. You're 2018 TV shows happening. What the heck is going on? No kidding. Guys, thank you again. I echo Todd's thanks and looking forward to a brand new year. We've got so many ideas, so much coming at you, but uh, we'll leave it there. And until next time, everybody. Cheers. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth, you will certainly send any text about your supervisor to your supervisor. What's with Janet's bangs? Did she lose a bet with a weed whacker? <laughs> LOL. And sent. Wait, no, 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 no. Truth, it's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at GEICO.com. Janet, I think my phone was hacked or something. GEICO, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. Federal government worker Blake Murray in D.C. says he's pretty much had it with the partial government shutdown. It's pretty demoralizing, um, you know, and I feel like 
kind of a pawn in a political game and totally powerless. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is asking President Trump to postpone his January 29th State of the Union address, citing security concerns. But Republicans say this is just politics, shutdown politics, a move intended to keep President Trump off the national stage. Going to prison for 20 years, a Tennessee teacher who took a 15-year-old student and ran for weeks. Prosecutor Dan Cochran. I think it's a serious sentence. 20 years is a significant amount of time. He's going to have all that time to think about what he did, the consequences of it. We asked for 30, obviously, but 20 is a very serious sentence, and we feel good about it. An employee and a customer at an IHOP restaurant in Huntsville, Alabama, were killed in a shooting that also injured another employee. I'm Rita Foley.